Major Theory presents Blue Dope, a podcast from the inquisitive minds of Blue and Olivia Dope, as they sit down and pick the brains of some of your favorite entertainers and entrepreneurs. On this week's episode, the star of the Netflix forthcoming series, Selling Tampa, and the owner of Allure Realty, Sherelle Rosado. Dope, what up? What's good? Today's episode's a little different. Tiny bit. You know why? <laughs> yes, I know why. <laughs> you wasn't in the interview. Listen, <laughs> I wasn't trying to get nobody sick. I wasn't trying, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was. Yo, you came through with the COVID mask on, and with I was the COVID like, mask. Nope, got COVID. I no. was not going to take it off. I didn't want to shake nobody's hand. I didn't want to hug nobody because uh, I'm like, you never know. Not, not best part about it is you show up and you're just like, yeah, I had I pretty much had laryngitis. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. That it, was that was a fun time. It, but how fun was it being sick with laryngitis in the middle of a pandemic? In the middle of a pandemic, where I had to work, like I have to work, and people are just and, like, "Yo, what's going on part with you?" Of my job is to talk, <laughs> and everybody's looking like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm scared. <laughs> right. And looking like you're gonna give them yeah, malaria. But you, you wasn't gonna yeah. do that. You wasn't. No, I wasn't gonna do that. So I, I kept my distance and just <laughs> allowed you to do what you do. Yeah, you yeah. do well. No, thank you, thank you. It was, it was interesting. It was interesting. Not not having. It's less like yo. We we do this like a one two punch. So right. You you looking for that other punch and it's like mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta punch myself. Like right. Yeah. <laughs> punch a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it was a great interview. No, no doubt. Really great interview. No doubt. Um, and you, you kept our guest safe, right? That was it. Yes, too. I kept her safe. Plus, you would have been talking funny like the whole time. Anyway. The whole time, you guys have been like, "Can you speak up?" Huh? Yeah. And so it, it kind of worked out. And, and our, our guest for today gave some news after the interview that it's a good thing you didn't get her sick because it was it was more than you know, right? Just what what met the eye? Right. <laughs> right. So with that being said. Yeah, I think we're going to get into it. We it's a it's a special thing because it's she's also a veteran. She's also a veteran, and it's uh, Veterans Day coming up this yes. week. So we shout out to all the vets out there. Absolutely, holla, holla at, you know, shout out to Vance. Just, <laughs> just gonna say holla at Vance. He's an engineer. <laughs> you can holla at him too. Email email the show. He might respond to you. Right. But uh, shout out to Vance and all the veterans out there. Absolutely. And uh, I think we got to get into this interview now. Well, what's up? What's up? Hello, what's going on? What's well, good? Welcome to Blue Dope. I'm excited to be here. One of my my other half of the show is not here. Olivia Dope's not here under the, under the weather, but you know we pulled an audible and we're here. Definitely want to catch you while you're in town. Firstly, so welcome to New York City. First time here, and I'm enjoying myself. We're we're happy to have you just out the gate, New York. What's <laughs> your first impression? It's busy past life. <laughs> And you're, are you born and raised in Tampa? or No, I'm originally from a small town, Phoenix City, Alabama. Oh, Phoenix, Al- Phoenix City, Alabama. Phoenix Not City. to be confused with Arizona. Correct. Phoenix City, Alabama. Got it. That's your mama's mama. Everybody's from there? <laughs> Everybody. My mom's mama. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, you follow Alabama Union Spring, little small areas. Okay. So, no, we definitely want to talk about you had a very colorful life, right? Um, mm-hmm. Parachuber. 
military, yes. now big real estate broker, about to have your own show coming out. Yes. So we want to take it to the beginning. Let's go to Phoenix City. What was it like growing up in a small town and, you know, even compared to being in this place like the New York City right now? I mean, growing up as a child, it was, you know, you probably had the population was very small, uh, very, very small. Um, my mom was a busy woman. She was a single mom raising her three kids. And um, during the times she would work extra hours, we would go to my grandparents' house and we basically was raised spent um, nights there. And the projects. Mm. So, you know, we had a hard life growing up. Nothing was given to us. Um, But I'm very grateful for for that upbringing. Of course, of course. I mean, so how you end up in Tampa? Like, were you in Phoenix City all the way until the military? So, yes, I I was born and raised in that area. And um, a lot of people don't know, um, my 12th grade year, I had my daughter, um, so I was a big track star and I lost my track scholarship, everything. And, um, I knew I didn't want to stay there. I felt like if I would have stayed in that location, I wouldn't have grown. And ever since I was a child, I knew I wanted to be something big. I, I mean, even at that point, was it one of those things where everyone in the town knew you as this track star? Like, yes. and it was, was it like a big disappointment for the town? Like, it was, it was definitely a big disappointment. My track coach didn't speak to me that whole year. Wow. I you think were cut I, off. It was done. I was done. He was so disappointed. I think the first conversation we had was probably two years out of the military. I went back Are you home serious? to speak to him. To, I popped up at the school and he was still teaching there. But I mean, was the relationship almost like, because with coaches, right, a lot of people would almost have like that father mm-hmm. relationship. He was definitely like a father to me. He would um, dedicate so much time. My mom being a single mom raising us, it was hard for her to take me to track practice picked yeah. me up on the weekend so he devoted all that time i was i qualified to go to orlando he would go out the way during the summertime pick me up and take me to practice and wow. travel down to florida for me he put in a lot of time for me and he to, was just like nah like we're yeah. done like what did you do it like, was more of, of hurt got it he was hurt got it and everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't can't question what happens. We just have to. Sometimes we think it's a um, it's a curse or it's something bad. But sometimes obstacles are putting you away for something bigger. I always tell people after every storm, there's always sunshine. Mm-hmm. And many may felt like that was a storm. I probably felt like that was a storm during that time. But look at me now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So military. Yes. You you chose an interesting path and you chose to be a paratrooper. So the reason why I joined the military was because I did go to college, um, a local college, and I was partying a lot. And I was like, you know what? I had a reality check. I'm like, I have a daughter. I don't want I need to break this cycle. I don't want to be on welfare. I don't want to depend on the government. Mm-hmm. I want something better for my daughter. I'm her role model. Yeah. And. I'm going to sacrifice and join, go into this military. I know it's a crazy war going on, but I'm going to do it for her. It benefits everything. So I didn't even tell my mom that I was going. I went to my grandma. I'm like, hey, can you watch my daughter for a couple of months? I'm going to- <laughs> months? <laughs> yes, because you have to go through training. Okay. You have to, it's um, two different parts of training, the basic training and then your MOS training. And then I had an add-on because I volunteered to go to airborne school. So, but everyone's school was where I was from, Fort Benning, Georgia. So I was like, um, 
And then when I get to my first duty station, I'll come back and get my daughter. I'll set up allotment. Here's five hundred dollars a month until you know I get yeah. I get stationed. And I was like, please don't tell anyone because I don't want anyone to talk me out of this. Yeah. So she was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And the day I was about to leave, I went to my mom's job and I was like, hey, mom, can you pack up my apartment? I'm leaving. I'm going into the military. You waited till the day you were the leaving. The day of. She was crying, boo-hoo crying. And I was like, I got to go. You, she was the only one crying or were you crying too? I mean, of course okay. I cried. Okay. <laughs> I cried too, but it was something I had to do for me. And my daughter. So that's how I ended up in the military. Um, didn't have a plan or anything. I just went and utilized. I knew I didn't want to stay there forever because I'm big on if I know how much I'm making, that that means I'm complacent. I don't want to be complacent. The military, you know, OK, if I'm in this many years, this is how much I'm making. I want to I want it to be a challenge. I want something bigger and better. So I didn't, still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew the military wasn't going to be for yeah. me. Well, why paratrooping? Like, why didn't you pick something else? Because I'm, I'm almost <laughs> well, imagining, did you jump out of planes with guns just ready? Like, <laughs> So the thing about a paratrooper, it's an additional duty. Okay. My main job in the military was HR, human resource. Okay. So I did um, human resource and um, I was an executive admin for the general and the division command sergeant major. So I worked for them. And then so being a paratrooper is basically additional duty. So basically each month to get paid $150 extra and it helps you get promoted faster. You basically have to jump out of an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) But not necessarily in a war. But if the war happened or went down, like you're basically trained to if you if you ever had to do um, go to combat and you had to jump in, you're trained to be able to do that. Okay. So I was a part of the 82nd Airborne Division and we would have jumps where it was combat equipment jumps where basically so we have our gear, we have too. our gun. That's what I want to I want to catch the visual. <laughs> like you're just flying in the sky with the gun. <laughs> with this big ass M16. <laughs> Listen, they did us wrong. Them things probably can't even shoot no more. But the M16, if you're familiar with the M16, it's probably about as tall as me. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you you're got this it big up. thing. Yeah, but as when you know, I, as I progress in rank, then I progress with my weapon. I got an M9 and then an M4. So, do you have like AR15s now? Like, what you got? I don't. I, the only thing I have is a um, nine mil and a three eighty. Okay. Okay. Now it's not, it's not a gun show, but you know, I got the little Smith and Wesson, you know, and like that. But yeah. it's um interesting path for a young woman from a small city, mm-hmm. right? Choosing that. So how'd you get out? Because you said it wasn't for you. Like, what did you have to do to serve your time? So basically, um, I went through a lot of things in the military. I was um, sexually assaulted. And my mindset wasn't that I was I wanted to get out. I, I really did enjoy uh, the military. It gave me a lifestyle that I never had. Right. Um, so I can't knock that. But being deployed, having to leave my kids and being in a third world country where people are just dying for a cause with nothing. And then you're being treated as a woman, like just a toy, a sex toy. It it just caused so much. And it, it made me hate the military at one yeah. point. Yeah. And I had to be the bigger person. And for the longest, I really didn't get help. Um, I had anger and I was a, non- a senior non-commissioned officer. So I had soldiers up under me wow. and I felt like, I'm a bad leader if 
I continue to hold this in and not get help. I can't lead them the way I want them to lead because I'm not fixed. So it took a while. I had I had problems at home. I would have anger issues with my kids and they saw it. And my daughter one day, she was like, Mom, like you're not the same person. And it took her for me to go get help. Wow. So, so you were trying to deal with it just by yourself. You didn't mm-hmm. even go see a psychologist, nothing. Nothing. Just... I felt like they couldn't tell me anything. They didn't know what I was going through for the I tried and I was like, you don't know what the I basically cussed my therapist out. I was like, wow. you don't know what the fuck I've been through. Um, you wasn't in my shoes. Wow. I went, left, waited months, go back. Hmm, this is not it. And then leave. And then the day I had the conversation with my daughter, I was like, I got to face it. Wow. So. So the military in that situation gave no help. They they said, hey, you're leaving because of this. You don't get. So, no. So basically, when I got the help, um, they have great resources. Okay. Um, You just have to utilize them. Okay. And before I didn't. Um, So I, I completed. I went through everything that um I needed to go through. I went through therapy, intense therapy. Um, and they diagnosed me with PTSD and. Wow. Um, depression at the time, and they were like, the best fit for you is to f- get medically retired. So wow. thank God I was medically retired. I still have all my benefits. Nice. My kids are taken care of. I get a check, the uh, retirement check the rest of my life, and I can move on with my career. Wow. Now, that's that's awesome in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> Not how you got there. <laughs> right. Right. But um, when, when you were there, like, did you end up getting deployed throughout that? I was deployed... Um, Twice. I went to Afghanistan both times. Wow. Did you ever have to on the, <laughs> the, the battlefield with that of big course, M? Of course. Uh, but I had an M4 and an M9. So, okay. Okay. Um, I mean, you see everything from it's crazy. Because, I mean, you, you it's almost like you were diagnosed with PTSD for one thing. Uh, or was it a combination? It was it's a combination of everything. Okay. Okay. A lot of different things. No, um, it's, there's it so many people. Your sleep problem. It's a lot of things. I don't like being around big crowds. Wow. I'm always on alert. I don't wow. like people close to me. It's just things that pick up is it's crazy, but you have you deal with it. Yeah. Now I'm I'm being truthful. One of my nephews, he was a dentist in the army. And then he, he got deployed. And you know, everyone is kinda like, Joe, oh, you're the dentist, you know, on the front line. But he's just like, No, when it got real, you had to do other yeah. things and you ended up on in a battle too. And that's the thing um, with me I, when I deployed, um, I worked for the division command sergeant major and the general. So we were out. We would go on battlefield circulations and we're seeing things. Sometimes wow. you get shot at or yeah. you in a local area, you have to be on alert yeah. and you see everything. Yeah. So it's not like just because, you know, you're HR, you're behind a desk all the time. Yeah. No, you know, you're out there too. Yeah. So, I mean, even at this point now, do you still have episodes or is it something you kind of over time get past? You, you will never get past it. Uh-huh. There's something you can't, you just can't erase out of your mind. Uh-huh. It's going to always be there. It's always going to be embedded in you. Um, You just have to find coping skills and learn how to deal with it. But you'll never... It'll never go away. I'm Anna. 
a transgender woman. And I'm Cam, your dad. And this is The Transgender. Join Anna as she chronicles her transition and Cam as he learns how to be a supportive parent. This podcast is about embracing differences and finding common ground. It's a roller coaster of emotions, laughter, and genuine connection. Tune in to new episodes of The Transgender Bi-Weekly. Subscribe and listen to The Transgender on your favorite podcast platform. Love you all, except the bigots. So now, how do you transition from that <laughs> and all that drama and finding something you actually really like? So when I bought my first house when I was 22 um, in North Carolina, I was with the broker at the time. And he was like, you will be a great real estate agent. That's stuck in the back of my head because I love I was enjoying looking at homes and um it always played in the back of my head. So when I got to Tampa, I knew I wanted to always as a child, I wanted to uh, live in Florida. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to move here once I get out. But let me do real estate because I'm going to be here for a minute. So I went to get my real estate license while I was still in the military. Okay, nice. And um, I was very successful going in. Very successful. You show me the road one time, I'm on it. Um, put my first house under contract. Got my first listing within two months after I got my license. Nice. And um, by month five, I was one of the top producers at my brokerage. Wow. And I knew when my broker was coming in, I'm like, you're not teaching me. He was like, you don't need, I don't need to teach you anything. You have it. You have that it. it factor. And I was like, okay, like I want more. So I started investing in trainings and going to different conferences. And by year, a little over a year and a half, I went to Chicago. Um, Makita Smith, she do Savvy Chicks in real estate. And just seeing the black magic in there, it was like, you have black women that's brokers. You have black women that own real estate companies. You got black women that are general contractors. I was like, damn, this is it. it. I love this. And it just motivated me. Investors, you had a room full of powerful women. And I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. Nice. So by year two, I went to go get my broker license. And um, I was like, I want my own brokerage. It was an ego thing. I want to work for me. Getting out of the military, a lot of people was like, you crazy, you stupid. How you going to give up all this? You going to give up this, this, yeah. this, and this? I'm like, because y'all are complacent. Mm. You're set on a certain amount. Like you said, it's just the love. You <laughs> right. know what it is. It's going right. to be boring after a while. I know what I want. And at, at that point, people were dying at the age of 55, 60 mm. in that government system. Mm. They're stressed out. They can't go home. You're miserable. You're, now you're having problems in your relationship because yeah. you're always working. So um, I opened up my own brokerage by year two, and I didn't have a vision or anything. I just knew. So you were only two years into it. You're like, I can do. I can be it. I can two run the show. Two years, people was like, what the hell are you doing? You crazy. <laughs> it's down in you the whole time. <laughs> down me the whole time. But that's when, you know, it just makes me go. It makes my drive go up. Got it. So, um. Year two, they were like, you crazy. Your business won't last six months. People were telling wow. me this. I was like, okay. Yeah, how many years ago was that? <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, because 2019 was when I opened my brokerage. And two years, fast forward two years now, I have 18 agents. Wow. I have um, a su- successful real estate company. Congratulations. Um, we have our TV show coming up. 
That's it. And one of the top agencies in Florida. Wow. So <laughs> I'm going to go back a little bit now. So because I'm thinking a lot of people always say, hey, I want to be in real estate. I want to do it. I want to. They don't necessarily take the steps. I mean, you you mentioned that someone saw it in you that when you were in your own house buying process right. that you had it in you. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel like that person just had it and you had to pull it out? Or is it something where people could really just train for it? And even just out of the agents you have now, are there people that just, you know, once they're trained in it, they can actually be successful? I think you have to have something. You can't just do it for the money. And I get a lot of agents that reach out to me. They don't know what their passion is. You have to know what your passion is. Real estate is something you can't teach, honestly. You have to want to do it. You're not. Some people feel like they have to learn how to do this, how to do that. You have to just have it. You have to be a people person. You have to be able to allow people to trust you because this is the biggest investment that they're making in their life. And if they if you don't have it and they can't trust you, they're not going to want to deal with you. That's so (laughs) my wife and I saw like 50 houses before we bought one and we changed like a few agents like because of that. Like we really didn't trust the first one we came across. And it's a lot of agents that do it for the money pressure. And I teach my agents this all the time. You have to put yourself in their shoes. If it takes them six months, you better fucking act like it's the first day. That's the process. You're not rushing them to purchase a home. You you doing it because this is what you chose and you have to think how they think. If they feel like you're rushing them, they're not going to trust you. And they think they think that you're here for the money and they listen. And I have some top. My agents are killing it. Nice. They are. So why Tampa? Like out of anywhere you could have been, why start in Tampa? Well, I felt like um, because I did medically retire there and I knew I wanted to stay in Florida. I felt like I started building a an empire there. So I'm like, let me just set up my throne here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't do most agencies have that many agents or not boutique agents. Okay, not a lot of boutique agents. No, Um, I consider myself a boutique agent now, but give me a couple of more. I ain't even going to say a couple of more years. You're expanding. (laughs) Give me a little time. I see the post. Charlotte. (laughs) Charlotte. Charlotte should be open by mid-August in uh, Miami. We're in the works now. So what's that process like? Because I imagine, are you going to have to then physically go to those locations and build a team up? Or do you have managers for each location? When you're a business owner and you're trying to build it, when you are building an empire, you can't have your hands everywhere. Mm. You can't micromanage everything. You put people in place that have the same drive and motivation as you do, and you let them run it. it. You have to trust. You have to have a team to be successful. And, I mean, these are pockets, too, because I I keep hearing everyone saying Charlotte's like almost like the new Atlanta, like it's picking up. It is. It's crazy there. So you're looking at that like, yeah, I want to be there, too. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is it only like residential? Do you do commercial spaces too? I focus more on residential, less luxury residential. So, so I want to talk about that because I don't think everyone gets to choose what part of real estate or who their clientele would be. Right. So, how did you get into like that luxury side of it? Well, I like nice things. Oh, there you so, go. I mean, you attract the client. You you attract what you are. Um, of course, I couldn't go straight into luxury, so um, I started off with. My expertise, which is military. Oh, wow. Military, um, they can trust me because we both can relate. We're in the same field. Um, so with military, you're dealing with 
a nice price range, three hundred to five hundred thousand, okay. which is good. Especially so. down down in Florida and Tampa. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I started off in military and then um I eventually worked my way up from three hundred to five hundred to a million wow. and then now multi million dollar homes. Nice. And but I know the commission gotta be nice at that point. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's very beautiful, but I don't do it for the money. I do it. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's uh, it's that love of doing it. Cool. But, I mean, you love it so much. You got to this point. How did you attract Netflix? So I attracted a producer. A few producers reached out to um, to me and I really didn't like the story they wanted us to pitch. Mm. Um, so I was like, let me do some research. Well, let me guess. Fighting. More like they want us to be like housewives, you know. Yeah, they want some hoodness to it. Right. And we need a change because stereotype every group of black women have to argue, have to fuss, can't get along, always bickering, not coming together. And I didn't want that. We need something different. We can have a hit without going that route. Without physical hits. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. So, um... I did my research and I looked and saw who who's this production company? Who owns this production? Who owns this show? And um, I set myself out. Um, I learned from Makita. Social media is big. Social mm. media will get you places no other place, no other anything else. True. They, you know what I'm saying? True. So um, I started liking. I started following the social media. Started liking pics and I put myself out there. Probably two days let, later. That production company reached out to me and was like, hey, we like what we see. And I was like, well, we're working with a few production companies, talking to a few production companies. Okay. They were like, I'm going to have my lawyer send, send you over something. So they wanted us to exclusively talk to them. And we knew we wanted that. So, <laughs> so, so producers do that, too? They're like, <laughs> yes. yo, we got an exclusive. Is it just us? That's they were it. like, well... We want, we want, I knew I wanted to work with them. So okay. I played the game. Yeah. Like, okay, let me have my lawyer look over yeah. it. And yeah. I reached back out to you. I waited about five days. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you, you don't want to seem I'm, too thirsty. I'm like, like, r- correct. And I'm like, <laughs> normally producers ain't going to do this. They're not yeah. going to have, they really want us. So, and then it went from there. Wow. And it went to the point where they had a relation, a great relationship with Netflix already. Netflix was like, we like what we see. Nice. We're not I'm, even going to do a, a, um, pilot, or a pilot or anything. Are you serious? So they went off an idea on a piece of paper. Yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so what what makes your real estate agency um, different than the others that are out there? What's the special part about Allure? I tell everybody that. We're a triple threat. Mm. Black, beautiful, and we're about our business. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people buying houses right now. Yes. <laughs> That's it. And we, I mean, my agents, they're beautiful, but they know their shit. Like you can't, you can, you can't challenge not one of my agents that they don't know what they're talking about. They study, they, they, um, just put information out there. They, they're on their shit. And that's what I love about my girls. I can only imagine that you have other people knocking on your door now wanting to be an agent. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> so at this point, what is the criteria? I'm like, where were y'all at before when I was trying to recruit? <laughs> trying to come up. No, like, they, they, didn't see, they didn't see the vision. They didn't see the vision. Yeah. Now it's like, I want to be a part of Allure. I want to be. A, and some genuinely do. They love what they see. But you have to be careful what you bring in because yes. everybody doesn't have the same um 
thought process as you. Some people want to come in just to be on that clout. Not yeah. everybody, but you have to really have to be careful. And I'm I'm a, a godly person. I keep my Bible on Psalms 91. I'm like, if it's not meant to be, remove them. Nice. So um, all the agents that I have, they're they're amazing. They've been with me from day one, most of them. Wow. Um, and I'm grateful for them. Wow. I wouldn't be where I'm at without them. God's favor. Yep. Now, in regards to just having like this team there, do you also involve like different lawyers? Can people come to you? Is it a one-stop shop or do you have partners that you work with? Whether, you know, if they need, actually, I, one of my agents is a real estate lawyer okay. as well. So, um, of course we, we give her, if we haven't had that situation happen, but if anybody have any questions or anything, she can refer one of her friends. We don't keep everything in house. Um, we don't commingle when it comes to all that, but, um, yeah, we, we have it all. We have preferred lenders. We have preferred, um, lawyers. We have preferred title company companies that we use. We have a team that we can depend on. And how have you managed doing all of this and building all of this as a single mom? Well, I mean, I learned from the best, my role model, you You know, she, she had to be selfish sometimes and, and do things to help us out. And I teach my kids this all the time. I'm like, listen, I don't want y'all to grow up how I grew up. Mm. So sometimes I'm going to have to grind and be away to make sure this house is taken, is taken care of and they understand. So as long as you communicate with your kids and under look at the bigger picture, you'll be fine. And it's okay. And mothers have to understand it's okay to be selfish sometimes. True. So, I mean, even with that said, what do you do to have those self-care moments or just those times where you need your own peace away from everything? What do you do? I have a great support system and my daughter is 15. So, but um, before, you know, my dad wasn't in my life growing up as a child, but he made makes the time up now um he's retired military as well so he'll come visit help take care of the kids like during this whole time when we were filming he basically lived with me (laughs) him and his wife came and stayed four months wow to help me out so it gave me a break um sometime i just take do a little getaway i'm in a relationship now so we'll go on a trip yeah but most of the time if i'm um, the business is successful now, so I can spend that time with the kids. And are your kids starting to show any signs of like whether it's track or wanting to be in the military generationally? Are they starting to show My daughter signs? is a diva. She loves to dance. She's not going to go into the military. <laughs> not she, hopping she out of plays anytime soon. No. no. Um, my middle son, he may go into the military, but he's an athlete too. Okay. But, um, and my Denim, <laughs> the baby boy, he's his own person. He's made for TV. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> is, if is he, is he gonna be in some of the episodes. He will be. Wow. Awesome. He will be. Awesome. But he's his own character. <laughs> now, we gotta talk about the relationship too, because I heard you like sliding in DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I sl- slid in my producer DM. I slid in. <laughs> exactly. It's a trend. It's yeah. a trend. That's what I'm telling y'all. You gotta slide in the DMs. <laughs> So you want something, you go for it. So a lot of women don't necessarily think that that's the thing to do, right? You'll be so, surprised. I'm getting a lot of messages now. Women telling me, hey, I really like this guy. What did you say, sis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm like, I just sent the little emoji, you know. Uh, and that's it. You got to go in. <laughs> and, and I got to say that right now, your fiance has been on, like, social media. Like, people have been wondering about the $50 first date. <laughs> Is that something that was your DM? Did it transition to a $50 date? No, Chad just talk a lot of crap. <laughs> Chad, <laughs> he's the sweetest. He will okay. spend his... Oh, there you go. There you go. But, I mean, he doesn't really do fancy, fancy restaurants. But if I present a fancy restaurant to him, he doesn't complain. Got it. Got we'll, it. we'll go from eating at McDonald's to a five star restaurant. So I mean, I, I think fifty dollar days for everybody else. So if you, I mean, I'm okay with the fifty dollar day. If okay. the food is good, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I don't care about the price. I mean, sometimes I pay, he pay. Okay, it's, okay. It's, and that's what people ha- need to understand. It's not about the price. Yes. It's you got to look deeper into it. Don't look at the materialistic things because I can have a nice day going to McDonald's. Yes. yes. I can have a nice day at a five-star restaurant. Or just coffee sometimes. Exactly. Right? People do that too. Exactly. So, I mean, are you in the process now, like, of planning a wedding? You have the show going on. There's a lot of planning, planning. So, what's that like for you right now? It's a lot of planning. I mean, we we talked about, we haven't had a set date, but next mm-hmm. year, we talked about next year. We haven't had a set date yet. Okay. Plus the pandemic's thrown everybody off. Too, it is, but we're trying to get to the bag. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I know I'm not going nowhere. He know he's not going anywhere. So there you go. Our main focus is making sure our kids are are good and building an empire. Nice. So Charlotte is the next step. Yes. But what comes after Charlotte, Miami? Like where are you targeting and where should people be thinking about real estate right now? Houston is big, too. Houston. But my b- big biggest goal is to I'm getting um, with my lawyer to talk about franchising mm. because I don't want to ha- have to continue to manage each one. I want to eventually franchise a lawyer. So I could so I could go out if my bag is big enough, have my own allure, pop it right here. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, it's different than a, it's not a chain restaurant. So right. what does it typically look like to even build to that point? Like, what are the are there going to be like primary things that each agency would then have to represent to keep yes, the brand? Yes, I'll have the whole pl- blueprint. And basically, they're just buying in to, to represent Allure somewhere else. They own Allure, but they have to buy in. Got it. Now, I, I definitely want those that are looking to be in real estate that listen to this kind of, what, what would be your top three biggest tips, like just even getting into the game? Biggest tips. You have to do it because you want to do it. Social media is big. Mm. That's the new thing for everything. And you can't expect to get the deal on the first go round. You have to be able to invest and learn more. You can't be complacent and just knowing the basics of real estate. If you want to get high in real estate, you have to dig deep into the knowledge of real estate. Mm. Mm. How how does social media really work in real estate? Is it? Posting houses like is that the tool like fake it to you. I tell my new agents fake it till you make it. Okay. One of your eight. This is our. These are our deals. You put a part of a lure. A lure just closed on the house. Post it. Mm. Talk about it. Talk about this house. Make mm. it look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Because now, okay, they don't read everything in the comments. That's true. They see okay. They another this person is killing it. Yeah. They sold another house. Yeah. Dang, they know what they're doing. I want to work with them. So it's celebrating friends. Exactly. Co-workers really at that point. Exactly. You just put it out there. 
show that you out there working, which you are. You may not have sold it, but you know what you know. You know what's going on in the market. You're yeah. talking about the market, and it makes people feel comfortable coming to you because you know what you're doing. Now, I got to talk about the podcast you've been on, right? I am woman. Mm-hmm. How did that kind of get formulated? Well, I used to always go to um, to chats that I am athlete when they were filming, and Brandon had told me he was like, "Yeah, meet you." His wife is um, going to start something that we were talking and I was telling him, you know, what I've been through with mental health. He was like, I think I was telling Michi, I think you would be great as one of the females on the podcast. And I was like, I would love to do it. You know, yeah. that would be great for me to put me out my name out there yes. more yes. before, you know, we start filming. So we all got together and I enjoyed it at first. You know, we didn't have topics. We were like, what what are we going <laughs> to talk about? But I was like, it's so much we can teach yes. these women. And who, who are the primary women that listen in? It, just people looking into relationship or even athletes, wives, et cetera. It's, and it's not meant for it. And I'm glad I'm not. I wasn't known as an athlete wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in as a military woman yes. and it brought in that crowd. It's like, Honestly. dang, like I went through the same thing and. Like you're brave for talking about it, even yeah. guys. So yeah. you get you have everybody listening on it. Even my daughter, I'd be catching her in there <laughs> watching it, you know. <laughs> but you'll be surprised the audience that okay. listens in on it. And how does that compare to everything else you're doing? Like, is it a stress reliever or is it, you know, more work in a sense? It's not work at all. I actually look forward to the podcast because you're sharing how you feel and what's going on and you're hearing somebody else, how they feel about it. And at the end of the day, everybody have different thought processes. So just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean my way is right or wrong. And just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean your way is right or wrong. Um, there's several ways to skin a cat, but yeah. just listening, you can be helping somebody. So it's, it's it feels good. And the guys get into it too, right? Because right. there's the, the co-ed episodes. Yeah, <laughs> like they're like, yo, what did you say about us? We exactly. came to defend ourselves. Right. So, But it's a great, it's great. It's definitely great. And um, I spoke with Michi. She's going to be bringing a season two. Oh, soon, nice. So Congratulations. Yeah. So I got to ask, too, I mean, even you mentioned it, like the fact that you didn't have to play the football wife during that time period. Do you feel like you, in a good way, missed a lot of the stuff that NFL wise or NBA wise, et cetera, go through? No, not at all. Um, I feel like a lot of them, they go through a lot, but they don't talk about it. Um, And a lot of women have to. I see it with some of my agents. They hate when they try to create their name and be themselves, they're not, it's always labeled as, Oh, you such and such mm-hmm. baby mama, or you're such and yes. such. And I'm glad I didn't have to go through that. Yes. Like a lot of people who know me know I had everything I had before Chad, Ready. I had it all built up. Yeah. So, um, that I feel like if I would have had that lifestyle, it would have been harder for me to, who is Sherelle Rosado? Yes. She's such and such. Yeah. And I don't want that. You so. brought, you came with the bag already. The whole table. <laughs> <laughs> now that's it. Love to see it. Yeah. So, I mean, with that said, I definitely want every listener to find out where can they kind of stay in tune with you and find out what's next. Follow me on Instagram, Sherelle Rosado underscore Facebook. I'm really not on Facebook like that, but Sherelle Rosado. Um, and stay tuned to Netflix. Wait, wait, is there a release date yet? Or no what's the name of the show? Date, I didn't even ask you that. We don't have it set uh, yet. Okay. They have it, but we haven't released it yet. So, so just stay tuned. By the end of the year, 
You'll see. I, before we go, I got to ask you too, like about the Sean. No, you can't tell us too much. Um, anything crazy that you can share that might people that might, you know, whether it was crazy house or it's something a, like that. It's a lot of crazy things. You just got to stay tuned. A lot of crazy, but no, no, no fighting though. <laughs> no fighting. No. Just, just crazy stuff. Real estate just go through. And mate, it's going to be some great things. Stay tuned. All right. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Blue Dope and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow the crew on Instagram at Blue Dope TV.